And we're back. Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. A very special episode of MMO today as we are capping off our Two Mike, Two Furious, Fast and Furious saga recap series with a very, very special guest. I am your co-host, Mike One. This is co-host, also Mike. Mike, I was skeptical of this series. I, I made that skepticism known to you. And I'm ashamed of myself right now because this has been nonstop fun from the original yeah. Fast and Furious, rewatching that through, you know, F9 uh, and, and just going to the movie theaters, getting a huge tub of popcorn, candy, mm-hmm. soda, back in the big screen like like we always want to do every summer of our Nobody lives. Nobody pooping in buckets, yeah. It's just the perfect <laughs> cleanse for the art film parade of sadness the nonstop barrage that we suffered for <laughs> no i mean we loved a lot of oscar movies this year so we despised many others uh we, right. we got a lot of art films that we'll review in other years uh in years going here to forthwith but this was so necessary and the fact that we can do it today with a a, a guest that uh, we, we genuinely uh, love to watch his TV sh- shows, a guest whose podcast is one of our new favorites. They just mm-hmm. uh, launched a podcast there. Uh, it's it, it just icing on the cake. It's perfect. Absolutely. And that yeah, aforementioned guest, we are lucky enough, as Mike said, to be joined by Garrick Bernard to go over Fast 9, the Fast Saga, or F9, the Fast Saga, I guess is the official title right. of this, but uh, more importantly about Garrick, he's a writer, a comedian, a podcaster. He's a famous Try Guys YouTuber cameo-er. More importantly than any of that, he's hysterical. Uh, he's very knowledgeable. He's a great podcast co-host in his own right, and Mike and I are both both huge, huge fans. Huge fans. Uh, he's a writer on Hulu Solar Opposites and uh, Star Trek Lower Decks of Paramount Plus. Uh, we were. T- I wish we kept the recording going because yeah. we were talking about on the outro our favorite episode that he wrote for Solar Opposites when the Red Goobler returns, uh, entitled uh, "The Rad Awesome Terrific Ray," season two, mm-hmm. episode five. Get that far in Solar Opposites. It's basically like Rick and Morty, but even more deliciously evil. Uh, and and it's just funny as hell. So if you love those animated comedies like Rick and Morty, you will love Solar Opposites. Watch that on Hulu. Watch his Star Trek show as well. Yeah, the guy's killing it in everything he does. Uh, he's also a stand-up comedian. He's a co-host. Mike already said one of our favorite new podcasts, uh, Guilty Pleasures, alongside one of the Try Guys, Zach Kornfeld and Kelsey Derrick, uh, formerly all three of them of BuzzFeed as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guilty pleasure is going to be like every time we have Garrick on from here on out because he's just he was so cool and so funny to talk to reviewing this movie. The perfect guest for us. Perfect guest. We already know it. it we we were dying laughing several times, and uh, I was laughing just re-listening to his Fast and Furious episodes on guilty pleasures there with Kelsey and Zach. They got great chemistry. They Again, they'll make you piss your pants a few times while you listen yeah. to it, but they did a full episode on the original, the OG from 2001 there, The Fast and Furious. Um, that was their third episode in their show's history. I think they just got 20 so far, uh, but they also had like a pre... This is how much they loved the, the Fast series. They did a preview where they're reviewing the Fast uh, F9 trailer and also interviewing not just Justin Lin, but John Cena, Michelle Rodriguez, and of course Vin Diesel, which they surprised Garrick 
to do. So <laughs> listen to both those episodes as you guys, you know, prep for Fast and Furious, and then they'll have their, you know, F9 episode coming out uh, this coming weekend. Yeah, and we can't say enough about what Guilty Pleasures has done. On top of all the love they've given the Fast and Furious franchise already, they've also have episodes on Twilight, Pitch Perfect, and... Yes, Britney Spears and Crossroads are, they should just call it required viewing, never mind That's guilty right. pleasures, but uh, they do also <laughs> review new releases like Bridgerton, Wonder Woman 1984, the Snyder Cut, and honestly, I, I know Mike and I are both very, very excited in all seriousness, truly cannot wait to hear what they have to say about this movie, F9. Yes, so make sure you subscribe to uh, Garrick Bernard on Twitter and Instagram. That's G-A-R-R-I-C-K. Bernard is spelled like uh, Bernie Sanders, B-E-R Bernard. (laughs) And he's at uh, GarrickBernard.com. And, of course, you know, uh, subscribe, rate, review, Guilty Pleasures, uh, the podcast. So uh, we will be starting this one with a small non-spoiler section up top. So it'll be a little unlike the previous Two Mike, Two Furious episodes, but the majority of this, don't worry, is us getting into everything this plot has to offer. (laughs) And my God, does this plot have to offer a lot. So without further ado, our conversation with new buddy, new friend Garrick Bernard reviewing F9, The Fast Saga. We will see you all on the other side. All right, you know him from Solar Opposites, from Guilty Pleasures Podcast. Garrick Bernard is joining us today. Garrick, thank you so much for joining us for this Fast 9 review, bud. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. This is great. This is so fun already. We're big fans, man. Uh, We know you are a super fan of this franchise, so you're the perfect guy for this episode. And I tell you what, man. Your love for Tokyo Drift (laughs) is what solidified this entire rewatch for me. It made me love this franchise so much more. Yeah. It just, just, you know, you talking about it during your Fast and Furious reviews on Guilty Pleasures there. Tokyo Drift was Justin's Lin's uh, entry into the franchise. Yeah. He would go on to go four, five, and six. You guys interviewed him, yeah. and here he is taking the baton back for the for the back uh, stretch of this franchise. So what do you think him coming back means here? What did Tokyo Drift, you know, tease our audience a little bit. What did that mean for you? And uh, what does the, the, you know, Justin Lin stamp on Fast Franchise uh, do for you? Oh, my God. Justin Lin, I mean... Knowing that he's an L.A. guy as well, because I'm also from L.A., and it's just like mm-hmm. our love of cars um, is mm. is huge, I think, because it's, it's a part of your life. You, your car is what you use, you know, 60% of your day at least. Um, there's, no, like the, there's no public transit that, like, really works. So as soon as you sure. get a car, you're like, oh, yes, this is it. Um, let's let's go for it. Nobody's like, they're not into modding cars as much, but even still, it, your car is your baby, 100% in LA. But um, yeah, when Tokyo Drift came out, it kind of, I don't know, we already knew about like the, the modding culture in, in, in the Fast and Furious uh, franchise, but them tying it back to Japanese tuner culture. You know, them going all the way back to Tokyo and all that stuff, and you really get to see how these dudes do it, uh, is phenomenal. Especially, like, Tsuchiya was in there, the, the, the guy who invented drifting. He was, he was the uh, fish worker in the background, or the fisherman in the background. And even oh, that... Oh, so cool. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just so cool to see... To see him, you know, make it make a little cameo. You're like, oh shit, that's uh, that's Takumi, dog. That's fucking crazy. You know, <laughs> I don't know if there's any initial D uh, fans out there, but um, 
is an anime based off of his life. But uh, yeah, it's it's just it was just solidifying that Justin Lin knew what he was doing when he um, when he did Tokyo Drift. When he like was just like, well, if all of these cars are tuners and like the you know. Uh, the eclipse in in the second one, the the skyline, the the RX seven, and all that stuff. Let's just go back to Tokyo, and like really pay homage with like a new cast essentially, and really pay homage to to where it came from, and the fact that he made such a good film without the original cast is already mm-hmm. like uh, a feat in and it of itself, you know, like. Sure. Yeah. And it's, in, I mean, it's important too. Like, you have dummies like me who know nothing about cars and also thought like modding came from, you know, that MTV show with Exhibit once mm-hmm. upon a time. So, you know? Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, am I right? So, yeah. <laughs> whole new education. That's <laughs> cool for Justin Lin to show that appreciation. It's cool for you to share that with him. Obviously, he was uh, a co writer here on Fast Nine. Uh, he yeah. did it without. Longtime Fast franchise writer Chris Morgan, and instead we have Daniel Casey of Kin helping Justin uh, pen the script here. Now, I mean, for guys like the three of us, I think this movie was perfect. Yes. And I think it's, uh, you know, what we were expecting. Yes. But you're you're out there on the West Coast. This has been received, you know, polarizingly by critics and by movie fans alike with, with its scores on its review sites. How do you kind of walk that tightrope between managing your expectations versus managing your expectations against a say a dramatic movie versus living in a world where everybody wants to take movies so seriously but this is like over the top action and still the best thing ever yeah okay so um it a lot of people are ironically loving it and i don't appreciate that I think that it, <laughs> oh, nice. I think that it is a perfect film. I think that I think that the franchise is the greatest franchise of all time. If you, uh, my friend was joking where he was like, imagine if somebody from the future came back and was in the theater for Fast One and leaned in and whispered, "Hey, there's gonna be nine of these." Yes. <laughs> like how excited you would get, <laughs> right? Like I would be like, yeah, no, I can feel, I feel that, yeah, I. I would be that that person that would just be thrilled by the fact that there were nine. Um, right. It's. I don't understand how it is polarizing. I, this is the first I'm hearing. I am with you. <laughs> A lot of our Oscar pundit, you know, fellow snobs uh-huh. uh, are just killing us. They're killing us for our, our, our rewatch of this. Yeah. Uh, and they're certainly killing this movie. And I'm I'm really surprised because, like you said. At least, ironically, they should like the movie if they're as full of snark as I thought they were. Yeah. But they genuinely are getting on this movie for, like, plot issues that, let's be honest, yeah. have precedent. What are, you, what are you doing? What are you? Why are you even bringing up plot in a movie about where a car goes through a building because it's stuck to a magnet? Shut, shut up. Like, stop. Like, let's, let's just relax let's all pull back and just be like have fun what is wrong with you this is candy stop trying to look at the nutritional value of candy get out of here are you out of your mind bro like it doesn't it doesn't matter what you say about like plot or anything like that i watched somebody i watched vin diesel throw a car at somebody with another car are you like i what what else do you want what? Why are yeah? Why are you in the theater if those types of things? Oh, this isn't believable. Like right. no shit. <laughs> right, no shit. The like Ty- Tyrese's character 
calls it out. Rome calls it out, where mm-hmm. he's just like, "Why aren't mm-hmm. we dead yet? I just got shot at in a, <laughs> like a killed, you know, in a kill box, and I'm not dead." Isn't that weird? Is that weird? And everybody's like, well, I don't know, man. It's whatever. <laughs> Who cares? Ludic- yeah, Lu- you're right. Ludacris basically did tell everyone like that. Just like, hey, shut up. Shut up. We know. Because <laughs> so, there's like a difference between, you know, somebody making something and then completely basing it um, off of reality mm-hmm. um, un- unsuccessfully or unpurposely. And this 100% is on purpose. They know, they read Twitter. They know, like, what people are saying. They're just like, maybe we should go to space right now because Twitter's saying we should go to space. And then they went to fucking space. <laughs> like, get out of here. So this movie did much better than uh, it was even projected. 70, it was projected for 60. Right. This is... Like, so necessary for the domestic box office after it was struggling with all these day-and-date releases, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. $400 million and counting now, global box office. You saw this at its premier Chinese theater, or, you know, premieres for the critics there and, and press. And what was this like for you being such a super fan, seeing it on that super screen, super big screen at that iconic theater? What was your movie watching experience like? It was beautiful. It was truly, like, awe-inspiring. You know, people were crying, you know, like, all kinds of stuff. It was because, for one, you're back in the movies, and this is the best movie to go see as you come Mm. back. You know, it is the biggest thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And then second, everybody was there not to shit on the movie, but to just have a good time, and it's really, like, just reminding us of the, the fact that this is entertainment. It's not, like... You know, this is my this is my life story. You know, my my dad died in a in a car accident while racing on the the you know Talladega night style strip or whatever. It's just like it's not it's never been that. Like even mm-hmm. if they do like touch on those things, it's still just at the end of the day a a, a plot to do set pieces. You know, I, I I have the same qualms with like the Mission Impossible franchise, where it's just like well. What can we make Tom Cruise do? Mm-hmm. And apparently, it's Halo Jump. You know, <laughs> like that's. And I'm in. I'm down for it. I'm. <laughs> let's do it, buddy. I like. Um, I saw a preview for, um, the the new. What is it? Maverick. Maverick. Yeah, the new Top Gun. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking. I'm watching, and I'm like, is he? Is he fucking flying the jets? He's flying the jets. <laughs> Tom Cruise learned to fly jets, bro, because he was so into this franchise. So, like, just going back to, like, why actors do it in the first place or why anybody does it is because I, I, we just they just want to entertain you. So this f- franchise coming in and then seeing everybody in the theaters and having a good time um and and literally screaming or laughing at things being like a little too ham-fisted or or is like oh that's a corny line or um this is ridiculous and people clapping because it was just just some something got pulled off you know like when he um when he jumped uh the ravine using a rope and a car (laughs) everybody we saw it in the trailer but we still we still all clapped because it was the greatest thing of all time 
Like, <laughs> he Tarzaned across. Yeah, he did. I, I, I'm just, I'm trying to relive me in the theater rewatching that. And just like the first, how did the rope catch on anything? Yeah, what did he catch on? And, I, and then in my head, I'm just like, you know, it probably caught on like the axle or something like that. Makes total sense. You know, even though axles, axles break, yeah. even if you like make a small jump on the road. Right. But this, no, it can carry its weight. No, no, for sure. That, uh, we're that good. We're good. You could take physics and just punt them for this yes. entire series. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. Um, all oh, right, yeah. so let's let's wrap up the non-spoiler talk and get more into the the spoiler stuff after this question. Now, uh, you're basically the teacher in the classroom here because Mike and I we cosplay as grown men sometimes. We know <laughs> nice. next to nothing <laughs> about cars, and we know you are yourself a big car guy, a mm-hmm. huge car fan. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. Just Mike was nice enough to go through and write down the cars that are used in this. Vin still has his 1970 Dodge Charger. There's a yep. Ford Mustang GT350 V8. Yep. These are all just words and letters and numbers to me. <laughs> Can you kind of rank or break down as a, as a gearhead yourself? Yeah. Just give us and our audience a real appreciation of yeah. the vehicles we see on screen here. So it was a GT500. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was fine. a GT500, not a 350. <laughs> um, and that was already like amazing. Wait, no. Mm. At the beginning, you know what you're. There was a, there might have been a GC500 and a GC350. Um, it was <laughs> green, right? If, I wrote down the the Mustang there is from the flashback, so that yeah, that the 350 is from the flashback. Young Jacob, got it. Uh, two foot shorter Jacob uh, Toretto. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. That is um, that. Okay, so there was a the new GC500 is in this movie that John Cena drives. Nice. Um, so he graduates to the bigger model. <laughs> no, yeah, literally. Oh shit! No, okay. I'm looking it up now. It is a, okay. So, so sorry. It is a GC350. Um, and in, they're calling back to how he drove one in his past. I'm so sorry, but there you go. Um, sorry to to go on that tangent, but um, <laughs> all of the cars are important. All every single like the the soup the orange and black Supra that um A90 Supra that. Uh, Han mm-hmm. drives is mm-hmm. crazy. Um, the one that uh, John Cena escapes with. Um, even like the older cars, like I don't. That's the other thing. I'm I'm into like newer or like tuner cars, but not like old muscle cars. So anybody that, uh, please correct me if I'm I'm wrong. But um, they're all super important. They're all every. Mm. What's another one? Even like the skyline. That I mean, that's the, the big one. You know, that's the one that yeah, was yeah. that's illegal in the states. Um, and deemed illegal in the states because cop cars couldn't catch up to it. Like that's oh, <laughs> that's yeah. why they would not sell it here. Um, <laughs> and everybody is literally waiting and chomping at the bit for this. Um, tw- I think it's like twenty or so years um, to where uh, a car is just legal regardless of of if it was banned in the states. So everybody's like, as soon as that that's up in like two years or so, uh, there's going to be uh, skylines all over the place. So this was basically just a documentary of the future, this movie. A hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why, you know, that's why the Magnus came in, you know, and that, that huge trailer. Of course, it is just the future. Um, what else? Was, what other cars were in there? I think they had a new BMW that people are raving about, like something 38 BMW. Anyway, but there's a, a Mazda RX-7, yeah. Lamborghinis, Bugattis at that, mm-hmm. that one. Right. Uh, uh, 
you know, Trump's son party there. Yeah, Trump's son. <laughs> Donald Trump Jr. party. <laughs> so, all right. We recommend this movie. We've recommended it on Twitter. Uh, we got to hit uh, the spoiler button real quick, and we will literally get into the, the ins and outs of this plot. Okay, let's do it. Spoilers ahead! This is a spoiler warning. All right. All spoilers from here on out. Uh, Garrick Bernard, nice enough to join us here from Guilty Pleasures, the podcast. Also a writer of Solar Opposites, and we've been talking all things Fast 9, and we're going to do some segments like we have for every episode in this Fast and Furious recap miniseries. Uh, Garrick, you are nice enough to join us. You're the guest. Would you please describe this plot poorly? Okay. So, <laughs> in, in the distant past, right? <laughs> in the distant past... <laughs> Um, we find out that Dom Toretto has a brother, and you're like, what? We didn't know that his... We, we were just watching this whole thing. We didn't know he had a brother. This is crazy. He had a little brother. And his, where, where we start off, and he's he's driving. He's watching his dad drive. Um, he watches the crash um, that kills his father, and then it, it just speeds off into the future where he's out on the farm because he wants to be off-grid. Actually... <laughs> Scratch all of that. It the movie starts <laughs> off where they, they like at a farm and then they just come in and and they're just like, We got a problem and then it just, like, <laughs> it just sets off from there and he puts his he puts his kid in like a safe box or some shit like that. Yeah. And you're like, Okay, all right, we're I remember I remember looking at my watch and I was like, Okay, we're fifteen minutes in. <laughs> Sick. So we find out that um, his uh, Dom's brother grew up to be uh, international super spy, and he's after this like device um, that could. Um, it's like a, a a satellite code cracker or something. They should like have that. just called it the MacGuffin. The I MacGuffin. Mean, like, we have he's no after, idea what the he's after does. the spherical uh, <laughs> octangular MacGuffin. You know, that thing might look most like a MacGuffin, more like a MacGuffin than anything anything I've ever seen in a movie. Honestly, I was like, is this the fucking AllSpark from the trailer? Are they trying to do, are they, are they finally merging the franchises? Because that would, oh, just movie magic. It's the crossover event we've all been waiting for. We didn't even know we wanted. Ludacris and Tyrese were going to pass Thanos sitting in his throne. Yeah, there it is. That's all I need. Um, (laughs) Like they get into space and then they see um the chitari or whatever coming in um but uh yeah so that they're they're after the macguffin and um they're fighting his brother and his brother teamed up with um this like trump son dude like (laughs) and um they also are there with uh charlie theron's character um who's a, a master hacker and Push comes to shove, they get the MacGuffin back. Uh, Charlie's Theron's character double crosses them. Um, uh, of course, family is more important than anything else, so he forgives his brother. Um, now, now, this time, family's this time, more important. Yeah, this time. So, and then um, they get the MacGuffin back. Uh, they kill, I guess, maybe the Trump son. And they ride off, and they let him. They let him go and ride off into the sunset, like they did, uh, like he did before, like Brian did for him before. 
That's right. That's a great job of summarizing it. We could not do it better. <laughs> oh, so. God. I hope I didn't go I feel like more. I just sat through the actual pitch that, that Justin Lin That's did. Right. The, you know, That's yeah. right. Wow. <laughs> Here's $400 million. Yeah. Go yeah. make it. Yeah, uh, yeah. There are so many, like, side movies that I would also watch. Yes. Like, Daddy Dom, I would watch that movie. Uh, Just yeah. give me Daddy Dom yep. during the pandemic mm-hmm. on a semi-retired action movie hero ranch. Yep. And I will watch that movie. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I got to admit, I was wondering if that kid was still in the box like halfway through the movie. And then they're like, no, Brian's got him. Brian's got <laughs> like, him. Because okay. they, they forgot. They forgot to write that part in. Right. <laughs> where, where he gets his son out of the box. Um, shit, and they're like, oh, shit. shit, shit. Um, 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 Brian's got him. Brian's, just say that he's Brian's with, got him. We'll, we'll, yeah, he's with we'll, Ghost we'll, Brian. Yes. Production schedule's already out. We're not going to rewrite this scene. Uh, just <laughs> right. We just. Uh, out of uh, <laughs> just write a line inside the notes on the side there. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Up to this point, too, Brian was treat like. Mia doesn't tell Brian twice in previous movies that she's pregnant two separate times, mm-hmm. and now all mm-hmm. of a sudden he's willing to just stay at home. Like I understand the Paul Walker got to ride around it and, and all that, but like yeah. Brian is now just the greatest stay-at-home dad ever. Of course, why not? <laughs> of course, yeah. That's he's the reason why Vin Diesel wants to be such a great dad because he wants to beat <laughs> Brian finally, but he never will. However, writing the brother in, like Mia and Dom's brother, that's actually like a compelling reason to get Mia back in over Brian. So I yes. actually give him a little credit there because that made more sense. Like, no, it's got to be Mia. It can't be Brian. Right. You, you watch the kid's asshole. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, why? <laughs> you watch the kid's asshole. <laughs> like, yeah. Why? I, I, as soon as I saw that Mia, like, had that conversation with John Cena in the, in the, or, um, what's his name his name is like jake or something jacob yeah with a k yeah with a k of course because he's a killer anyway but (laughs) jacob um that scene where he was just like i'm i'm sorry but i have to do this it it makes sense because you're you're waiting for that the whole time it's just like what what did your little sister have to do with any of this um and you (laughs) want him to be sweet and you want that like oh he he is still a person he is still lovable um, so yeah, of course he he'll be forgiven in the end, but um, he has to do this uh, espionage for whatever reason, which they never yeah, gave. I thought they did a decent job of like. Did any of us actually dislike John Cena at any point? Like, were we all? I felt like I was waiting for him to become a good guy by the end. Right, of this. I was too. Yeah, never yeah. did. Never, right. never did. It always, it always seemed more like the, um, the. Uh, Jason Statham character, where it's just like, okay, he's just kind of right, you know, (laughs) right. He's gonna be one of us. He's gonna be one of us. Yeah, they genuinely do a good job writing rounded characters for as you know impervious to actual real life harm. These these characters are (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) like we knew old rascal Freddie Linder was coming back. Yeah, we knew when that backstory was just great. Like for for. Uh, episodes ago, Mike. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now, and uh, however many movies we knew that was going to happen, so they had to mine that storyline. I, I, I think it ended. I mean, that flaming crash was terrifying. Yes, uh, in in the exposition there. So I thought that kind of worked, despite the fact that uh, we'll get into my problems with young Jacob with a K in a minute. But yeah. uh, so I mean, overall, the plot is kind of what you'd expect. I would say, right, Mike? Yes. I mean, do you have? Do you have any more poor plot description for us here? Uh, I, I commend Garrick and recapping it pretty wholly, and it kind of <laughs> set the stage for us to to do well here. I, I I just put like this was 
basically fast and furious, but it's all just that scene from that one Breaking Bad episode where Jesse's like, yeah, bitch, magnets. <laughs> magnets, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it goes back to, like, what do you expect when you're in the theater with these things, you know? Like, I wanted nothing more than a giant magnet to tear up downtown London when I was sitting there. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was waiting for it. I was also waiting for more metallic things to come out of like the bones of buildings. Like I was like, how how strong are these magnets to where they can right. they can pull a car through a building but not the building itself? Okay, but yeah. like, but that again is it's the the suspension of disbelief where you're just like, who cares? Yeah, I don't, I don't care anymore. Well, this is happening now. All yeah. right, okay. <laughs> Cool. I'm glad that somebody thought of this. Everybody's hot water heater doesn't come through. And- <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Everything like every bolt or any type of, you know, you know, grandma's pacemaker or something like, just pulled straight out of her chest. Like, I'm that, that's the shit I was like waiting for. But it just didn't happen. I was like, okay. Why is this movie rated X now? <laughs> yeah, and he's like, well, if we're being scientifically accurate, we kind of have to have some things come out of some people. So you've all seen Alien, right? right. Follow me here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mike, let's hit on your uh, your problems with the uh, the casting of Jacob, though. And as far as who's fastest, like the physical growth of oh, Jacob God. in this movie. <laughs> Look, God bless whoever was hired and casted as young Vin Diesel and young John Cena. I don't think either one looked anything like the guys. They, yeah, we were well. fine enough as actors, but man, the Cena one especially was was rough. So Finn Cole, I wrote it down. He's twenty six years old. He's five foot six. Yeah, I know that because he <laughs> acted in Dreamland with Margot Robbie, who's five foot six and they're the same height. So Jacob Toretto. Is what is he there? 15, 16, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, played by a 26 year old act- actor, fine, Hollywood. Unless this man, Jacob Toretto, has Andre the Giant disease, yeah. or <laughs> yeah. he goes into Super Soldier Creation Machine, Steve Rogers to Captain America, uh-huh. he's not going to grow, grow another eight inches right. and become John Cena. <laughs> yeah. But again, we don't give a damn. We don't, don't care. I don't care. Because also, I liked the young Vin Diesel character. I was he, like, he was good. He was good. I was yeah. like, he's doing it. I feel yeah. it, like me and Zach were talking about it. I was like, I feel like <laughs> Vin Diesel like was at all of the casting calls for, <laughs> for his younger self. He's like, he's got to be cool and have like a, a sultry voice and all this. And his eyes can't go more than halfway open and all of that stuff. Anybody that wears any kind of sleeves is immediately is immediately call. out. You're right. done. Get out of yeah. here. Um, but yeah, I, th- I thought he was good. I, and, and he carried those scenes a hundred percent. No question. Yeah. Uh, so that was, I mean, that was nice, but I do have the one thing with like the hairline fracture in the, um, in the the fuel line yes mm-hmm. i was like you could ju- he could have just if you're trying to throw the race just lift off a little bit <laughs> <laughs> you just killed yourself when you could have just not driven this fast anyway one of, one of the themes throughout uh, us reviewing these has been like me imagining the writer's room and it's like these are actually art but the people pitching these things they never ask like the next obvious question like hey instead of ripping apart the fuel line and putting this guy's life in danger is there any other way he may want to go about doing this and it's just never asked and right. i love them for it ever they they don't they there's 
No such thing as a logic bump in the Fast Nine <laughs> franchise. <laughs> Where, like nobody raises their hand and just like, "Hey, I'm bumping against this." That's how you get fired. That's how you get your name taken <laughs> off of the credits. So they fired. just let it happen. Did we get the closest thing to that though in this movie with Roman? Yeah, who's like noticing like he's in the Truman Show yeah. or in the Matrix or whatever, and he's like, "Wait a minute, how come we're always surviving here? Am I this awesome?" Or, I mean, I thought it was brilliant the way they handled that opening sequence. He's always been funny, which, again, is just shocking to me. Because, I mean, I'm growing up. I'm a little older than you guys. He was on, like, every billboard. He was on every magazine. Mm -hmm. He is the fashion icon of the world at that point. And next thing you know, he's comic relief. Him and Ludacris in these movies. So, the fact that Tyrese is, like, the fastest guy to deliver, like, all those great action movie moments in this movie in the jungles there. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I love that for I love that for him. You know, like I yeah. think that he. I mean, this is this is Tyrese coming off of uh, Baby Boy to be in this uh, in, to be in the second one, and yeah. you're like, oh, this guy, this guy's an actor. He can, he, you know, he can sing, but he can he can mm-hmm. act well. Um, and then him turning into the comedic relief and just being funny, I, I it almost feels like he was funny on set. And they're just like, we should just, you know, let him let him loose a little bit because he has, he has good oh, I like that. timing. I like that. So I, I know, I don't know. I, I think that the way, yeah, again, the way they handled like the logic bumps of, of that we've all collectively had with his character just being very meta about it is great. Like if if he was always the one to call it out and just be walking around <laughs> this whole time, like what are we? What are? We? <laughs> what is going on? This shouldn't be happening. It's like that doesn't obey the laws of fit. We're in space right now, you know. Right. <laughs> you know? It would have been if they, if they did keep that. That would have been. It's the, again. It's the ninth sequel or ninth movie, yeah. and like at some point you have to be you know self deprecating about this. Yeah. And, and prove shows to the audience you're not taking yourself seriously right. at all. Yeah. You can't. You can't take yourself seriously because mm-hmm. you have the you have the ninth movie. It, like you said, it's a ninth movie of a franchise about cars. <laughs> there is no way that this should have happened, but it. <laughs> and we're all the better for it you know like that's that's it, I god think, bless yeah god, god bless you know god god bless all of them um, i think that like the the fifth one was where they're like no we can actually make a, a movie like let's relax let's chill right. here's here's a fast and furious good movie go go have a ball but at the end of the day, we're going to space, you know, like eventually we will be in space. So I hope you're prepared for that. Do you think Tom Cruise watched this movie? He was like, fuck. Yes. Ludacris beat me to space. Yes, absolutely. I said that on the mic. I was like, yeah, I, oh, I'm dude. so happy. Or I said that during the interview uh, episode. Uh, That's right. I'm, I hear I thought it was coming up. It's like, yeah. I'm plagiarizing you. No, 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 no. It's fine. Who cares? It's like... It's so funny that Ludacris, of all people, beat Tom Cruise to space. Tom Cruise because was, of Bow Wow, by the way. What's up? Because, because of Bow Wow, by the way. Bow Wow, Little Bow Wow, aerospace engineer, <laughs> <laughs> created a rocket uh, and put it on a, a Pontiac Fiero, um, and it wasn't anything like you know. He did the Halo jump. He he learned how to how to fly a jet. A fighter. He became a fighter pilot. Good for you. I'm glad that yeah. you're training to come in second, you know, to space. 
in the hierarchy of man, it will forever now go ludicrous. <laughs> Tom Cruise. <laughs> Meanwhile, is it... Tyrese is eating candy. Yeah. Yes, Buzz Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> um, like, those those are the rules. Those everybody knows them. Every we all signed up for the same thing. We uh, all did. So Tom Cruise is probably most furious. I I think Jacob has a right to be absolutely furious. By the way, yeah. too, because. He might be the most rightfully angry character in movie. Dom's a dick, right? Yes, yes because he didn't listen to his younger brother. <laughs> his younger brother wanted to tell him something, and then he was like, you got to beat me in a race first. And he's like, okay, <laughs> sure. But then he said the, the greatest line of all time, the greatest 20-year callback where he said too soon. And I lost my mm-hmm. fucking mind. I cannot yeah. stress this enough. When uh, when when he said too soon, I said it at the same time because I was like, if they say this, I'm gonna, I, I this is it. This is the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> like I, I, I love a good callback, but a callback spanning twenty years is mm-hmm. beautiful. It is, and it shows the respect that that you know Justin Lin has for the franchise too, and for the fans especially to put that little those little Easter eggs in. I love when yeah. when long term franchises do that stuff too. Yeah, it's it's like they they're fans of their own their own movies. You just love it. You just love <laughs> that they enjoyed it as much as as much as you did. I have Letty in this category because I think I think they also honored her going back to the beginning. Like she's had. Great fight scenes throughout this oh, series, yeah. and she has a killer one oh, with Jordana God. Brewster's Mia yeah. in that Tokyo apartment where she is whooping she's ass. Wrecking uh, you people. got yeah. she's loved it uh, th- through the walls, uh, loved it. But she's also gets like great lines, like after she, you know Dom does the uh, Tarzan across the mountains mm-hmm. in in the jungle there. She's the one with the line that's new, and I'm I'm laughing what she says. My theater exploded. I'm not even. I'm not joking or being hyperbolic. My theater, like all of them, laughed out loud when she delivered that line. I was like, all right, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's just so fun. It's it. Okay, so going back to why I don't think anybody like really respects this is because Mm. it also like stems to the the stunt coordination and and how. People don't res- don't even like stunts enough to have their own category in the Oscars. Dude, preach it. We've been yes, you know, we've been like on they, this for a while. It's, it's hard to do. Like we, I literally watched Jackie Chan throw his body across, you know, land and sea, and then also <laughs> be funny while being that physical right. and being that badass. And it's just like, yo, that's that's a, a level of being in control of your body that I don't think people realize is beautiful or is artistic to the point where they would have its own, it would have its own category because i would love for that shit i would like um there's always a one take in the season in the seasons of uh daredevil and the fact that mm-hmm. those aren't like any type of they, they it got no award like it would get an award just just off this the the strength right. of it being like a minute long, a two minute long one shot with like 30 stunt people coming in and it's just like doing all kinds of choreo and whatnot. So it would actually get people to respect action movies more and and want to make more action movies for that stunt category because the stunts that they pulled off in this were 
amazing. And the action movies are so reliant on all of them anyway. I mean, they're, yeah. they're these hundreds of millions of dollars properties that are always reliant on, I mean, you know, talk about any of the big action franchises there are. You're going to have, whether it's Avengers, The Matrix, this one, you have to rely on those anyway. And that's part of the reason, like, it is an art form. I, I'm fucking fist pumping over here listening yeah. to you say that. Because it's, 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 I feel like it's so overlooked, especially on this, like, snobbish academy type level that we talk about all the time it's truly elitist it's it's Mm -hmm. so elitist where it's just like no you know film is about the feelings Mm -hmm. and and the 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 talking and the dialogue and all this stuff and it's like yeah all of that stuff is beautiful but so is somebody (laughs) flinging a car (laughs) into a person (laughs) using another car like that's (laughs) sick like it's somebody thought of that and then somebody else is like, I think I can pull that off. And then they trained a team of stunt people. And then they trained a team of uh, CGI people. And they're like, I think if we, we have the car hit it like this, it'll fling up or, or, or what have you and hit this guy in the, in the face. This is bringing up like a huge Oscars conversation that Mike and I have. Because, yeah, you, you're talking about the way they stage these. And you're talking about, uh, you know, Upgrade and Logan Marshall Green yep. a couple episodes ago on Guilty Pleasures. Yep. And his acting while stunting. And, you know, Mike and I did a Mission Impossible series review. Like, the Oscars don't get the cross-section of the cinematic world correct. They don't no, represent all. cinema at, with their 23 categories. They do not. No. They don't come close. And this would be a way, just a stunt award, just like the SAG, stunt ensemble, at, yep. l- at the very least, you would start to get into these some of these yes. other areas. You don't need a popular film Oscar. Stunt right. ensemble. Do it. And then you would start getting all of it. Because a lot of these like Marvel th- Marvel movies and, and, and big budget movies, uh, the only thing that they can possibly win is costuming. You know? So mm-hmm. they go mm-hmm. so hard in costuming because it's just like we need some form of prestige mm-hmm. to be attached to this film, right? Like Black Panther, um, want, I, I believe, won for, or at least went in for uh, costuming. Yep. And it's just like, yeah, it, the costumes were brilliant in that movie. Absolutely. But if you do have a stunt category, now you have the incentive to have people go all out. There was no, there was no real reason for Black Pan- Panther to have as good costuming as it did, other than the fact that an Oscar was attached to it or an Oscar was possible with it. Cause like, they're not going to take you seriously in any other category. I definitely think there's, there's merit to, to what you're saying there and that yeah. how, you know, all these big budgets have to over exude themselves in certain categories for Academy recognition. And I also think it, it doing this, doing the stunt to adding it to the Academy, having that be its own category would kind of, I, I don't see how it wouldn't bring more casual viewers to the Academy Awards uh-huh. too. Like if you have a memorable stunt ensemble piece, like that Captain America fight in the elevator, yeah. like that's going to bring, bring people to want to see that get yeah. rewarded. That's going to bring people, that's going to bring debates to the bar stools and the right. bar tops of being like, you it's know, what like, was better no, this year? That was a crazier fight. See, I honestly, whenever I talk to people about like, even with like anime stuff, I'm like, you, what about that fight scene, man? Or, or something yeah. like that. Nobody, I don't think Anybody really talks about the plot of an action movie, right. other than the fact that, like, oh, I'm like, I, these fights were crazy, like the the elevator scene. It's or, definitely elitist. <laughs> I, I think the way you put that was absolutely beautiful. It's definitely an elitist thing. They just don't want to feel like they're dealing with the common movies, you know? Yes, oh, yes. God. They want to put put them to the side and be like, oh yeah, whatever. Well, you didn't, you know, you didn't take time with this or you didn't put enough emotion in it and it's like dog i've seen people break their bodies right. for these mm-hmm. stunts 
right? People have passed away for stunts. Mm-hmm. Give them awards for them. What is wrong with you? Uh, your lips to God's ears, man. So, so who's most furious is us now it's for us. all the stunt it's people us. out there. It's us, 100%. <laughs> Because it deserves some kind of recognition, man. It's ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous is a good way to put that. Mike, go ahead. Rate some ridiculousness of the Fast 9 movie for us. All right. most Again, most of this is my highlights of the movie. So you, what I would usually put in a category like this for any other series, they're highlights in F9. Mm-hmm. To me, I have one major issue. And it gets me very angry because I became like a big super fan of the UFC this particular year. I got four younger brothers, Garrick, mm-hmm. and they all got me watching UFC like crazy. Yep. And Francis Ngannou yeah. is the most dangerous man on the planet. Yeah. I don't like you could fight him in a football field and he's he probably would. gonna kill you with if he touches <laughs> yes. you. Yes. If you fight him in a confined space, like he's, the back of a truck. Yeah. As Han. <laughs> He's destroying you, buddy. I'm sorry. What? Are you out of your mind? Like, I saw that. I was like, I, I yelled out in the theater, not Francis. Like, that was, like, after he died. It's like, why would you do that? Like, he should have been the muscle um, yeah. next to the dude. Like, you know, there was that that guy with the, the, with the tattoos. Yeah, who cares about neck. that guy? Yeah, I don't care. I care about Francis Ngannou, the, the man with the hardest punch in the set world. a record for it you know guinness book of world records hardest punch in the world you don't think that that would be the guy you would hire i'm picturing in my mind you actually yelling at the screen in a crowded theater in a pack theater. no not francis <laughs> <laughs> he finally got one line too and he said it in french and then boom he exploded mm-hmm. yeah. on, you know was sneaky with the parachute there but you're right he should have been the guy on top of the uh the armored truck you know, impervious to billboards. Right, exactly. Combined. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> crashing through billboards. The guy is, is literally a mountain of, of human flesh. Physics have never made sense in this, whether we're talking about right. hand-to-hand fighting with someone from the UFC or, you know, where fire goes most times in half of these movies. Mm-hmm. But uh, also... I, I like that logic just doesn't matter at this point either. And I mean that sincerely. Like, these, this family has to fight through hell to find Mr. Nobody's secret underground lair that's been abandoned for 20 years. And then, mm-hmm. like, the next day, Mia just comes walking up to it. Like, she's, like, at the Miami airport or something. <laughs> no instruction, no, no reveal. She's just able to, like, just waltz in where this we just saw everyone have to, like, bungee jump on a through you know in a car across a ravine to get to yeah. and Mia shows up like it's you know it's it's the yeah. mall I love you, that yeah, right it's like oh you guys didn't take the the shuttle <laughs> I took the shuttle I know you guys right. had like to flip over a ravine or whatever but there's a much easier way of getting here so that that sequence has like the biggest scene for a lot of fans of this the, the justice for Han thing I'm dying to ask you as a screenwriter mm. what you thought of this because. They retconned into the MacGuffin, the story of the MacGuffin, with Mr. Nobody, who is a deus ex machina, from three movies ago. Yeah. I can't, like, the audacity of that, just from a writer's perspective, just, like, they pulled it off. What do you you think of Han coming back in that way? It's just, it's, it was so much that I was like, (laughs) sure. (laughs) (laughs) sure let's just yeah it was all planned and all that stuff but i do think if they uh if they didn't have 
if they did not have anything leading towards his return in the press or anything like that, it would have hit way much harder. Like mm-hmm. the retcon or anything Agreed. like that would have been completely ignored. Because he's back. Han is back. Like, that's that's our guy, you know? That's all we need to know. That's all you need to know, yeah. And who, who, by the way, his death now has more conspiracy attached to it than, like, JFK's Oh, does. yeah. Oh, We've rewritten yeah. the Han death scene three 100%. or four times in major studio yeah. movies at this point. Because I have no idea why, like... Why Statham's character even did that? Like, I don't get it. I don't, like he was helping out, and then also they went after him, and he didn't say that he was helping out this whole time. And it, I don't know. Did Statham ever work for nobody, or am I misremembering? He worked for Cipher, I know, but did he ever work for nobody, or am I misremembering? I think they were like allies, deep dark web, right. uh, super spy allies, and what? Yeah. yeah. So Statham and Han would have been on the same team then when that happened. I think so. So I don't Perfect. know if you guys saw the stinger Perfect. scene. Yeah. But so yes. basically Han and Statham are they're we're gonna hear this in, in Hobbs and Shaw too, right? And mm-hmm. then they're gonna forget that there's a guy in the punching bag and he'll just die there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or there will be a line later on and just like, What happened to the guy in the funky band? It's like, Oh, Oops. he's he's with Brian. So <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> They just keep using that to get out of jail free. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I fuck it. That that would be beautiful. I would sign up for that immediately (laughs) if that was the case. Uh, This might be a tough question, Garrick. But uh, can you think of anybody you could add to this to make this even better? Oh, The Rock. (laughs) (laughs) Easy. If they didn't hate each other, The Rock would have made this way better. Yo, the on-screen chemistry, I'm so upset they actually don't get along in real life. Yeah. Because I think Vin Diesel and The Rock, when they were going like tete-a-tete, mm-hmm. even though the dialogue was ridiculous, I mean, it was exactly the dialogue I needed and yeah. wanted, but I thought they were great together. Yeah. They're, I, I mean, mean, they're very professional. You know, if they can hate each other and then have that and bring that to the screen, yeah, great. They Give them all of the money, you know? <laughs> so do you think he's the ghostwriter, uh, Vin Diesel? of Hobbs and Shaw and that all those Hobbs and Shaw interactions are really just Diesel versus uh, Johnson interactions? Probably, yeah. <laughs> gotta be, right? I feel like they wrote Hobbs and Shaw. No, they didn't. They didn't. No. That, that's, where, that's where the whole upset thing happened. I was going to say, uh, I feel like they wrote Hobbs and Shaw for Vin Diesel and The Rock, but... Um, he said but no. He, he hard like, no. no. He was like, hard pass on it. But no, they, they definitely wanted to do a spinoff and that's why Vin Diesel got upset. I'm going to um, say I am Groot a hundred different ways into a microphone instead. Yeah, and that'll no, that's thanks. your paycheck, and thank you for being Pass. part of the Marvel Universe. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just trying to branch it off and turn them into superheroes, but that's not going to happen. Just, <laughs> just let them be car people. But I am, okay, so I am really excited for mm-hmm. this series to get rebooted eventually because it's an mm. inevitable thing. And I feel like they will go back to like full on car tuner, not car action espionage stuff, which will be amazing if they would get back to like the because they tried to do it with with the interesting right of like, you know, just street racing on. um, uh, I don't know what, what street that is, but downtown. Mm-hmm. So you're saying you think a spinoff of this or whenever it gets rebooted is going to be kind of held to what fast one was yes 100 percent. it with like a better story and um better cars and all that 
Well, first of all, there's no such thing as a better story. There's than no better we all story. Know that. You're, you're very <laughs> so you think it's, be- it's going to be contained? A better take on <laughs> visually on that story, that beautiful no fat on that story at all. No, no notes. No notes no whatsoever. Notes. Not a single note. <laughs> but you think it's going to be more like a Spy Hunter type series? No, no, no. I think it's a, I think going away from the Spy Hunter type series and then just staying in the tuner stuff. Mm. Um because of because of like all of the tuner the the car boys that um this movie franchise spawned, I think mm-hmm. if they go back and then pay homage to what they're doing now because you know we we're driving around we can't we can't like uh, you know put a car through a building you know we're <laughs> we're literally just working on our car through the pandemic right and not without massive amounts of paperwork at least exactly yeah, not without yeah. massive yeah, right. of course yeah i'm not i'm yeah. a crazy right got to got to do the big word but um yeah i um i think that they're going to try to pay pay homage to it or um Pay respects to their audience and just reboot it with the stuff that we were up to at that point. It, it's very possible. I mean, they're on record. They, I think they said they only have two more left, right? right. After this, they're going to do a two-part finale. And then, you know, you don't have a property make this much money for you in Hollywood anymore without squeezing it dry and getting every last drop. So I'm sure you are right in that uh, some kind of reboot is already being planned yeah. down the uh, down the well here. Let's talk about the greatest moments for ourselves, the most we laugh, the highest unintentional comedy uh, mm-hmm. that we found. I had, we've already covered a lot of mine, mm-hmm. not least of which is the fact that Bow Wow is the one who helps Ludacris make it to space. Oh my God. I'll never get over that. Uh, I also like Mia waltzing in like it was just a Sunday at the mall to yes. the super secret hideout. Super uh, what do you? What do you guys have, Garrick? What made you laugh most? Um, Vin Diesel or Dom, uh, playing samson and then pulling down that entire building on a group of people i was like okay and then it had this whole sequence of him drowning in the water and then he's just like oh man totally i really should you know i should really make up with my brother this is crazy what are we doing he saw the rock and hobbs and shaw hold that plane by the chain yeah and he's like Fuck that. Yeah, I got to do something. Something close. You're not as big as him, and that's fine. He's the biggest person. He's so big that people are like, yeah, I want him to be president because he could protect us. You you will never reach that level of bigness. But you're just going to assume like, oh, no, but my character could pull down an entire jail Mm -hmm. cell on top of himself. No. You think there's anyone in Vin Diesel's life or his management team or anything who, like, has tried to have that conversation? Because clearly that's the issue. Yeah. Clearly the issue is Vin Diesel is not comfortable with The Rock being bigger. He's no. the Ben Simmons of actors right now. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> nobody nobody <laughs> exactly. can talk to him. Exactly. He needs to see a therapist or something. Yeah. Poor guy. Can you relax, sir? Please. <laughs> His ability to flashback while drowning while Letty is about to rescue him again, you know, Letty's a star in this one, yeah. like the greatest aquatic rescue ever there because the uh-huh. whole thing is crumpling <laughs> on their heads. But his ability to not have one, but two flashbacks yes. of like five minutes while drowning yep. is, yeah, that's what I wrote down. That was hilarious. I think that was the impressive feat he was after all, all this time, <laughs> was his, his lung capacity. <laughs> 
Like any of us just immediately this will really show water. him. Right. Yeah. We're dead. He's, the way he tried to bear hug 50 men. <laughs> it was insane. <laughs> I lo- and it just, there was just no breaks at any point. I mean, I, irony because it's a car movie, but there was just anything that got pitched, I felt like made it into this movie. Yeah. And it's like, if you're a main character, you're going to get what you. Hey, Tyrese, you want to like have 10 movies worth of frustration? You want to kill 17 guys at once before one gets a single shot off? Yeah. Here you go, man. Go do it. Go, go World's yours. It. Right. This is we're wrapping we're wrapping it up. Everybody get in what they want. Right. <laughs> you know, we're we're almost done with this. We're about to hit the two-parter, which is probably going to come one year after another. Let's right. get in all of you guys' goofy stuff and let's just wrap this up with like some nice, you know, in a nice bow. Like, the series finale is just like, you know, they're going to be doing something either really really cool like blowing up the universe or it's going to troll everyone they'll just be sitting in their living room watching kids play hopscotch or something yeah they either got to go small yeah they either got to go super big or, or much smaller mm-hmm. like is it well that'd be cool to go to the tuner route so yeah all right we're kind of finishing up with uh, a few more highlights before asking a couple wonky questions but i guess you know to my last highlight that we haven't mentioned was i thought like legit that edinburgh scotland sequence was awesome i mean yes there's doing parkour and Tim's, but yeah. that's okay. Hilarious. But like, well, so the, do we. You know, yeah. the zip lining through the city. Like, I don't know about you, but I want to go to Edinburgh now. We we got a whole sequence of Edinburgh without any bagpipers. That looks like a cool ass city. It looks like a and nice then, city because I was I didn't want to go because I hate that noise every time <laughs> when, I, when I heard it. The first time I've heard a bagpipe, I remember I was like five or six, and I was like, oh, that's awful. And then I walked, looked on the TV, and it's just like, oh, it's just at a funeral. That's even worse. Like, I don't want to be reminded of death with this screech. Ew. You know? They use too much of the sheep. I agree. Yeah. Out in Scotland. yeah. The sheep too much stomach. of the bleat in there. In that note. Because hey, I don't even know what notes you're playing. Like, I know it's like technically. I don't think they do either. You know, an A or an E or an E sharp and all that stuff. But it's like, I don't think you're hitting it, man. I think you should use a piano. (laughs) I, I, listen, I'm prepared for this conversation to go anywhere. Wasn't expecting that. Gotta be honest with you. I wasn't, I wasn't ready for the bagpipe analysis portion of the Fast 9 review. Uh. How about uh, one more shout out to the Eric Trump hot girls only dressed in white party though? Oh. <laughs> That's like another. I, I like if you could be anywhere for any you know portion of time, I would vote to be there. That that was my that was my big like well, that was my big one. That was my big like what flaw or like what is going on here? Why is it? I've never seen that. It doesn't matter if it's a rich party or anything like that. You will not see that many women in one one place for one. <laughs> And then for two, all dancing to nothing <laughs> because they're all off beat, and we can tell. <laughs> so where do you get this many white dresses for one? And I liked how they were all employees too, right? They're Didn't all they say they were all paid. Yeah, yeah. They weren't so trying to Wednesday talk at, to anybody Trump, yeah. or anything like that. They were just there so that Vin Diesel can see this guy is rich. You know, right, right. And that's the only uh, we as we all know. <laughs> Yeah. The only way to show your wealth on screen yeah. is to have a white dress party yeah. with 75 women. There. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, it's the mm-hmm. only that's the true true sign of wealth. <laughs> it's just the, it's, 
That's how you know you've made it. Yeah. I, look, this People that get upset at this movie, I mean, what's the great part about this at this point to me is just like how absurd it is and how ridiculous it is. And Dan Merle is a, is a critic I, I love and follow and respect. And he said, basically paraphrasing him, I think the only reason every current iteration of this franchise exists is to make the previous one seem more plausible by comparison. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like, that's what this is. That's, that's such a perfect encapsulation. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's why I went. That's what I wanted. Yeah, no, because I think, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's literally just bigger and better every time. Every outing is just big, bigger and better. I think that the last one, like, the Fast 8 was like my least favorite because it was like, okay, this, the lines in this are getting crazy, buddy. Like you got <laughs> to peel somebody back. Somebody's in the room too much. Um, but in this one, it's just like, oh, no, let's actually try to tell a, a compelling story. Mm-hmm. Um, let's and it doesn't, it doesn't even, like we don't even really know what the Aries does, right? Yeah. No, not at all. So it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. It's not about that. We just know that they have to go and stop it. But the reason why they have to go and stop it is because these brothers attached to it, you know? <laughs> right. That's right. And that's, all that, that's the only reason why we care. That. Other than right. that, yeah, break into some, some banks. They did it already. Honestly, <laughs> if it was them trying to get this thing and then their brother trying to stop them, it would have been mm-hmm. the exact same movie. You know, like, that's a great point. Yeah. <laughs> if they were on the other side of the law on this, nobody would have cared. It would have been the same thing. Yeah. Do you think yeah. uh, Martin Scorsese, after every one of these, just goes out into his backyard and does like one of those Malcolm and Marie tirades where he's just like kicking grass <laughs> for 20 minutes? Yeah, I think so. And then he like brushes his eyebrows or something. <laughs> like, go, like, go calm him down. You have bigger things to worry about than the fucking. <laughs> The Fast and the Furious franchise, Martin. Like nobody, like I. I think that he, if if that is how he reacts, then I'm I'd be upset. But if he reacts, or he's just like, yeah, that was something. That was fun. You know? That would that would bring me so much joy because it, it's you know what it takes to to make a movie. Like whenever yeah. whenever artists or like um like musicians or something like that review other musicians work it's always even if it's like super far away from like um whenever like i don't know like tyler the creator let's say he just put out an album talks about how much he loves paramore and you're just like why do those people two people exist why do those two people rub against each other or why would tyler creator a rapper listen to paramore it's just because he appreciates music you know, if you appreciate, because you know how hard it is, you know how hard it is to, to put it out. And if you're reviewing an album as a musician, you'd be like, "Oh no, I like what they were doing there. I bet that took a lot of hours. Ooh, I ooh, I would, I don't envy that person." And I, I'm hoping that that's the way that Scorsese views any of these things, where it's just like, "Well, I don't agree with it. I don't agree with the budget that certain studios are giving them, but it is crazy that they pulled this off." You know, I, I, I. I don't have the the breath to the breadth to deal with this. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to deal with it, but I'm glad that they had they seem like they're having fun. I think that was very poetic and a, a very <laughs> yeah. nice treat. I'm serious. That was yeah. I mean, I, I I do. I certainly hope that's I wish more people took these films as art even though they are at their core just yeah. I mean, big dumb fun action movies. Yeah, 
Like I'm with you. Any action, any any action movie that like tries to do something at that level and use every dollar on their budget, oh my god, beautiful. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the moment where um where Tyrese sees this the curvature of the Earth was so fucking beautiful. (laughs) You just see it like that was that was art. Just seeing it rise on his helmet. You don't even see it from his perspective because you don't want to see it from his perspective. You want to see him seeing it. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, he's like cheering up a little bit. And he's just like, man, it's crazy that we got here. And it's almost like he was viewing it like the audience where we're all like, man, it's so crazy. We've been watching this, this franchise for 20 years and now they're in space. Isn't that crazy that we (laughs) brought it to space? We bullied them on Twitter to go to space and then they did it. This is fucking crazy. (laughs) And then it happened. And we're like the entire audience, like kind of clapped during that moment or not kind of like very much clapped during that moment. Cause it's just like, look at what we did. Look at what they did for us. You know? That, that is put. Yeah, I mean, I don't mean to get all uh, sentimental over Fast Nine, but that's put very beautifully. That's like uh, this thing was. Uh, it, it is what it is. It's a love letter to the franchise, to the fans, and, and it's it was just well done on right. every front. It's exactly what I went to the theater to want to see. Yes. So if if you didn't like Fast Nine, you don't love movies. <laughs> you just don't. You, you don't love movies enough for me. Go home and comb your eyebrows, Eric. <laughs> we can, but this was awesome. We we have to get you in here again. This was so much fun. Thank you so yes, much once please, again. Man, that for was, this is so this fun. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. We'll check you out next time. All right. We weren't lying on the intro. That was one of the funniest conversations I've had in in quite some time regarding this or any movie. Honestly, Mike. It was like a Robin Williams stand-up special. I'm just exhausted right now. <laughs> Remember when you were younger? He had he had a moment there when he was on HBO for a few. Anyway, he just hit it. Hit yeah, my no, funny no, you're absolutely right. right. It's 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 like you know he's hitting you from all angles and going uh, doing all different types of voices. And Garrick was just exactly that. He was a whirlwind of comedy, tearing apart this movie and and holding it in the correct and proper esteem. And yes. he said some very important stuff and went in some very you know parts of the film industry. I did not expect to get to. I didn't think F9 would be the harbinger of those conversations. But man, it was awesome to hear his thoughts on those. It was awesome to have him on in general. Uh, Mike, remind the good people where they can find the work of Mr. Garrick Bernard. Yeah, he's uh, Garrick Bernard on Twitter and Instagram. That's G-A-R-R-I-C-K-B-E-R-N-A-R-D, spelled like Bernie Sanders Bernard there. GarrickBernard.com. Guilty Pleasures is one of our favorite new podcasts. Uh, He records that with Kelsey Dara and Zach Kornfeld. They are uh, formerly of BuzzFeed, like you said on the introduction. They've been all over the industry, stand-up comedy. And yeah, they understand Hollywood in and inside and out. Uh, I love the the knowledge they drop as not just movie fans, but uh, connoisseurs. And and Garrick's a screenwriter there. So they they really break these movies down. They just did Upgrade, which was an awesome review. And they Mm -hmm. have their F9 review coming out the end of this week, uh, I believe. 
can't wait to see it. Can't wait to hear uh, what he says on that. Can't wait to hear Kelsey and Zach's thoughts as well. Uh, you're absolutely right. They've been doing a beautiful job covering this series. Uh, we hope, we like to think that we did an okay job for you, dear listener, in covering this series as well. And so, as always, what is most important is uh, your thoughts. What did you have to say about the Fast 9, the latest installment of the Fast and Furious Saga F9 here. Uh, you can leave us those, as well as any other thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns you have for anything we do here in the MMO Empire on our social medias. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram, at MM and Oscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com, .com, and on Reddit. We are available everywhere you hear podcasts, and if you're listening to Guilty Pleasures on Apple Podcasts, you can click on over to Mike, Mike, and Oscar next, and put us on your podcast playlist as well, and if you are listening to us on the Apple Podcast, podcast feed if you would be so kind as to leave us a five-star review uh we would not be able to thank you enough for that michael tell the good people what is coming next from us thank garrick one more time and what are some words of wisdom to end on yeah it is wise to uh subscribe to guilty pleasures it is wise to support garrick bernard absolutely and uh we're, we're just big fans and it was really cool to to mix it up on the pod with him today so What's coming from us is uh, more Oscar race checkpoints. We've been having fun with our news and variety shows uh, the last couple of weeks. It's been cool. We've already built like half of a new episode with uh, anything from the the Harder They Fall, that the that trailer from Netflix mm -hmm. that we're hoping is a Regina King, Idris Elba Oscar vehicle, but also Halloween Kills. And Halloween Kills has Hell a yeah. trailer. <laughs> and uh, we, have to, we have to do at least... 10 minutes on the Halloween Kills trailer that you've been texting me about. Forgot nonstop. a couple zeros, I think, after that one. <laughs> so <laughs> we're gonna we got the big movie uh, news variety shows that we'll we'll drop not every week, but uh, when when necessary and is very necessary that we'll do that later this week. Michael, uh, as as for the rest of the summer, we got Black Widow. We got a lot of cool stuff uh, to talk about. We got a couple Oscar movies for certain that'll be hitting in August, like Coda, etc. Or maybe that's July. I'm forgetting now, but. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of Oscar movies certainly coming in the fall. So if you're just joining us, we review all the Oscar movies in their own episodes. We do the news and variety shows, and we got a lot of specials and special interviews uh, as we build up to Oscar season. And try to keep it all in the uh, less stuffy context that uh, the Academy likes to keep it in sometimes. Yeah, we do That's that. That's kind of our goal here. We try to do award season without the stuffiness, and I think today was a good representation of the lack of stuffiness that we try to stand for. We couldn't be here. stuffy if we tried. <laughs> yes. Even with a cold. Yeah. Guys, when reality sucks, you can come watch the Fast franchise with us and our friends. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Try to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. We will see you very soon. See ya. No runs their past. And mine just caught up to me. Been a long time down.